Hey guys, Jamie here. So today I'm chatting with Amanda, who is also known as the Epileptic Mon- Mom on all social media platforms. And we are chatting about her journey through seizures, having partial seizures, and living in a small town. So her story is a little unique and it will provide some great insight for those of you who are looking to have children um, and who are really needed to, needing to advocate for themselves, especially if you don't have, you know, super access to healthcare. So let me know what you think. And thanks for tuning in. Bye guys. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Good. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. So today we have Amanda chatting on the one in 26 podcast and we are going to talk about several different things but first and foremost um i want to just say thank you for being on here and yeah so i met amanda through instagram so i've said this before the power of social media is incredible so when i was first i guess not first but you know, 10 years ago, this, this, this environment and community didn't exist. So I'm super grateful that social media has done that, you know, attributed to this so she can share her story with you all. So Amanda, you have epilepsy and how old were you when you had your first seizure? I was six or seven. And since they were atypical absent seizures, they happened so quick that it actually took me a while to be diagnosed. I probably wasn't actually diagnosed until the age of 12. Okay. So, so, so take me, take me back. If you, if you can remember, um, take me back at that point in time. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, you, was it super confusing uh, for your family when when that when that was going on? So, like most family conversations, start at the supper table. Well, that's where my seizures started. Is I would and because absent seizures can be so quick, my dad would catch it and they'd be like those five second ones. I mean, I didn't start out having them that lasted minutes. They would just be like here and gone. Okay, so explain to someone that's listening to this podcast that has no idea what an absence seizure is, what does it look like? Could you visual, can you explain that? So I've actually, as strange as it sounds, I actually videotaped myself during a seizure. I am very active during my seizures. Um, my mom's always said that my eyelashes flutter. You know, there's just a zoned out look on your face when you uh, have a seizure. Like, it's it's really hard to explain because I've only seen it twice. Um, right. One was me recording myself and one was a video from a sleep EEG. Okay. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing this word, but... I think I look possessed. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure that's really hard to see too. Um, are you conscious during that five seconds? 
sometimes. Okay, so is it kind of like you're spaced out and your eyelashes are fluttering and then five seconds later you snap right back and then continue, could you, could, could you, cause I've seen the seizure happen and the person that was having them was having a conversation with me and then a couple of seconds in her, she would have one and her eyelashes would flutter and she would kind of zone out and then not even a couple of seconds later it would she would be back right where she left off and she literally was like yep. i'm so sorry i just had a seizure i hope you're not weirded out by it because she didn't know at the time that i have epilepsy that i'm a seizure first aid trainer and i was like no don't worry about it it's okay that incident was actually the only time i've ever had or i'm sorry ever seen a seizure so it was a little bit interesting for me okay so you were at the dinner table your dad saw the five second blitz um and then what happened after that then from what i can remember is the doctor visits and it wasn't actually a neurologist that diagnosed me with epilepsy. It was just our small town local doctor. Hmm. Um, and once he finally figured out that it was seizures and possibly a form of epilepsy, I shouldn't say he diagnosed me, but he's the first one that mentioned that it was a possibility. Did, did doctors ever, did they ever like tell your parents she's making it up? Don't, it's behavioral. They never said that to you? No, okay. they never. And that's just it. When I listened to your podcast with Destiny, I was shocked. Oh, I was so shocked too that she had like, that pushback. Um, and I've, and I've yeah. had some some parents i've talked to some parents that their experience with their kids are like there's something wrong with my child and the doctors are like she's just it's behavioral she'll be fine they kind of like push it under the under the rug and then they really have to advocate to get a referral to see a neurologist so you're so you so you mentioned before that you live in a, a really small town so your small town doctor said hey amanda you might i think you're having seizures so then what happened um, like I said, the doctor visits and the reason I think that I got diagnosed as quickly is because my grandfather had seizures, but that was due to a car wreck. Oh, okay. We don't know what causes my seizures besides a possible hormone. Like we don't know where I developed them from, but so yeah, it was, I ended up getting, I think she was a neurologist, like I, w I was at that age, it's just like, okay, I really don't know what's going on. I don't like it. But, okay, we have to drive three hours to go see my special doctor. And I, uh, it took my parents a while to realize that this doctor wasn't actually helping. Because I can, every visit I remember was the same. Are you taking your pills? Are you taking them on time? Then she would go do my reflexes, you know, follow my finger with your eyes, that fun stuff. Um, and then, well, she, she just, at the end of every, I can literally remember her saying, well, 
Nothing seems to be wrong while I was still having seizures. Were, you on, I, were you on medicine? Yes. Um, I've been on multiple different types of medication. The one consistent one in my life has been Keppra. Um, and when I was, I've been on, before I met, before I met Kepra, I was on some liquid stuff. I don't remember the name of it. Well, I think, um, Kepra, I think Kepra is relatively new, um, because it wasn't around when I had my first son. Um, it wasn't until, so I'm not sure the time difference, um, because, I didn't start taking Kepra until about 2013. So. Oh, I was taking Kepra before that. Oh, okay. And then, be, so then, okay. So then Kepra was, was not controlling your seizures. Your doctor wasn't really helpful, which is unfortunately common in, um, in the community. So what happened next? Well, my mom my mom's a unique person. We'll say that right now. She put her foot down and said, you're seeing somebody new. And she found this other neurologist. I don't remember what his last name was, but I do remember his first name was Brad because that's the same name as my dad. And this doctor did wonders. <clears throat> Excuse me. He did wonders. Like I actually start my seizures started decreasing and decreasing and decreasing, and then he went to Denver, Colorado, because the hospital that he was at wasn't really doing what he would like them to do, which is a sad case, especially where I'm in such a small community and have to drive three hours. So he went to Denver, Colorado. I, you know, tried the, what the people he suggested and just nobody. And then I finally got my first epileptologist at probably age 19. I've had seen a lot of doctors. Right. And how is your experience now with your epileptologist? Well, I'm actually seeing another epileptologist because my first epileptologist left me for Denver. Oh, everybody's going to Denver. <laughs> How far away is Denver um, from your town? Um, I think like a 10, 10 hour drive. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. when you say left, do you mean like super left? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably 10 hour, I think if I remember right. Um, I actually, my new epileptologist is in Casper, Wyoming, which is a five hour drive. Okay. And how you, do you have to see that doctor like every six months, every year? Every six months. Okay. All right. And so and, go ahead. Go ahead. And so and, you're, and, you're known as the epileptic mom. That's your social media presence online. So you have a three-year-old son, right? Yep. And how is he, how, how is your pregnancy with him? My pregnancy with him was really, really rough. Like, I actually started having tonic-clonic seizures um, or drop seizures or grandma seizures. Like, that's just it. There's so many names for them. I was told it was tonic-clonic.
chronic, but I had at least six of them when I was pregnant with him. So within a span of nine months. And that's kind of where I've been told that my seizures are hormonal based and just the, I, the, the tonic clonic seizures are so scary to me. Like I've been so used to the atypical absent seizures growing up. It's just like, Oh, I, I know it just happened and just go back to doing what I was doing. But there was one time that one of the seizures and this one is what scared me the most is I came out of it. I went to lie down in the bedroom. And when I start, I started having my seizure when I started coming out of it. I just see the EMTs rolling in the gurney. And one of the EMTs asked me how far along I was. And I literally looked at him and said, I'm not pregnant. I was seven months pregnant. And so just the fact that that didn't connect me not realizing that I was pregnant coming out of a seizure it was scary. I can imagine. Like, and yeah, it's, it's scary. And so for those of you who are listening, so grandma, it's also known as tonoclonic or in the community is a drop seizure. What happens is your body starts um, nine times out of 10, the person loses consciousness. Um, they are convulsing and their bodies, like their body gets super stiff and they start convulsing. Um, and then when the episode is over, hopefully it's less than five minutes. Um, it takes people, depending on the person, a lot of time to remember things. There's always a gap in memory. So for me personally, it takes me a good, excuse me, a good week to get back to quote unquote normal. Um, so I've had seizures pregnant as well. And I just remember, I also remember the EMT rolling in and I thought they were trying to steal my baby. So I became super aggressive and I did, you know, I did the opposite, but everybody's so different and it is scary. So in the episode I talked about seizure first aid, that's one of the things is when the person comes out of it, just try to reassure them that they're okay, you know, ask, ask those type of questions like the EMT did, and then just know that that person just had severe trauma happen inside their head. You know, your neurons are literally misfiring, which is causing your body to go into that type of shock and respond accordingly by shaking or convulsing, you know, convulsing or being stiff or, or whatever. Um, but it takes time. So you had six during your pregnancy. Did any of those seizures affect your son? My son's heart actually stopped beating for a few minutes. I'm sure that's super um, scary. Well, so I, because I live in such a small town, we don't have that type of facility. Like, if you want to have a baby where I live, you have to go out of town and have that baby. Um, so I got flew out twice, and it, the, it was the second time that I got flown out. and as they, I ha they had me in the emergency room in the hospital, they had the ultrasound machine and the ultrasound tech. And I know it was a slip of tongue, 
but said, I can't find the baby's heartbeat. And once they got me wheeled into a room, they did let me know that there for a few seconds, my son's heart had stopped beating. He's perfectly healthy. Right. So he's so I got lucky. I, yeah, because that's one of the scariest things is that every time you have a seizure, you lose oxygen. And so typically when you're pregnant and have epilepsy, you you get an EEG every month, you see your doctor every month, you, you know, all that stuff. So since you live in such a small town, did you have those opportunities to follow up with your neurologist that often? I had, I had telegrams. Okay. Okay. And I see, and that's, I I didn't have um, an ultrasound every month. I didn't. But with all the grand mal seizures, I guess technically, now that I think about it, I probably was. Um, right. Cause that's, but, yeah, because that's what they had. They had to check your Kepra levels. So did they do that too? Or no? Uh, they checked my Kepra levels at my telegram visits. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So your son is three. So how was like you delivery was fine. Did you have any seizures during that? No. Um, so I was actually induced because they want I, these words that are about to come out of my mouth. I shake my head up every time I say them. They wanted me to have a controlled labor. Well, that that happened that happened with me with my first son. They wanted me to be induced so they would be quote unquote prepared if I had a seizure and during mm-hmm. delivery. And I ended up having, a, I, well, I've had three kids, so three C sections because they didn't want me to um, put my body in that much stress because my seizures are stressful. I had an epidural. Oh, I mean, obviously I did too. <laughs> With the, I always joke that my kids come out of the sunroof, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So your son's three now and you're on Keppra. Um, how, how are you doing with your epilepsy? Is it controlled? You, you told me before that you are, you have not had any yeah. more grandmas. I haven't had any grandmas and now occasionally around that time of the month, I might have an absence seizure, but my doctor has considered me controlled to where I won't won't have my license taken from me. Okay, so that so, was that was my question too. Is so you you do drive and you do you work from home or how, what do you do for you? So you told me that you worked for a radio station. So is that from home? Yep. No, that is out of the radio station, which is like three blocks away. That's awesome. So do you walk? Sometimes. Yeah. That's but cool. here, here in Montana, you know, we get um, a lot of snow. <laughs> really, really cold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I've never been to 50 below windshield cold. <sighs> no, I have family in Wisconsin and my cousin lives in Wyoming, but I've never been up there. But one of my, you know, social media friends lives in like North Dakota and I, I, she just moved there right before winter and she had like the craziest first winter there. So did you guys get like way so much more snow than normal this past winter too? Uh, I'd say so. The, the most unusual thing that we had this past winter was the 50 below windshield 
Um, but we have been colder than Antarctica before. That's crazy. Okay. It, it, made, it made the news. <laughs> okay. So when you, um, so now that you have, so you have a one child, what is your, do you have any pieces of advice for someone that is living in a small town that wants to have a baby that doesn't have access to care? Is there anything that you can offer? Plan. To plan it? Yeah. Plan. First off, <laughs> I'm going to call myself out on this. Get on birth control so you don't have a slip and you and your neurologist or epileptologist are ready for it. Now, my ex-husband and I were in the process of it. Um, we were in the process of planning and I wasn't on birth control because, like I've said, my seizures are hormone-based and my birth control just made my uh, seizures just go all out of whack. It was, it yeah. was weird. I mean, if you think about it, you're putting a hormone into your body. So of course it's going to affect it. No, I mean, I, I understand that. Um, so of course, so, yeah, with, typ with typical care, you want to plan it and you want to make sure you have the proper amount of folic acid in your system. I mean, that's what they tell you um, mm -hmm. when you're trying to have a baby because a lot, you know, and I, I, I'm at one of the reasons why I'm asking you to share this is because there's a lot of people that are newly diagnosed that are super afraid to have children. So when they hear it is that, scary. yeah. So when then they, so when they hear like that, Oh, Hey, Jamie has a three kids or, you know, Amanda, you have one child, like, Hey, it is possible. However, you need to be, you need to be super careful and intentional and really work closely with your medical providers because. And make sure that if I ever have another kid again, which my epileptologist told me no, so I'm probably not going to have another kid. Um, make sure your either hospitals get along or that they are in the same hospital. Right. Because. They need to talk to each other. Yeah. So. Uh, because the reason I say that is my OBGYN and my epileptologist were at two different hospitals and they just, my OBGYN wasn't sending my medical records over to my epileptologist like he was supposed to. And it ended up, I literally call it that the hospitals were fighting because that's how it seemed to me because I would get a call from Billings Clinic. That's where my epileptologist is, or was, was, um, saying that they need my medical records. And so I would call Holy Rosary and tell them to send them medical records. Well, you didn't sign a paper. It was just like, I signed my paper last my, on my last visit. So it was, it was a journey. <laughs> Yeah, and that was three years ago. Okay, so you also meant I want to shift gears a little bit and chat about your um, your experience with anxiety and depression within the community. So you're you're working with a publisher. You're going to have a book launch soon. So talk to me about that. So I've always loved to write. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there, but. Uh, it's a self-help book and 
I do mention a little bit about my epilepsy, but really when I got diagnosed epilepsy with epilepsy and started having these seizures, I just started getting really depressed and insecure. And along with depression comes anxiety is what I like to say. And it's just, it's some, it's an obstacle that I have actually gotten over. It's hard to get over it, but it's, once you do, it's really easy to get stuff done. You have, you make your own limits. That's, that's what I like to say is you validate who you are and the better your validation of yourself is the better that you can do. And to reach your dreams, you have to set goals for that. Because if you don't have goals for your dream, it's just a dream. And I set my, actually, when it came to writing this book, I set a date of when I was going to, a deadline, that's the word for it. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained today. That's okay. Don't worry. I set a deadline for myself. And I actually hit that deadline two months before. I finished my book two months before I was actually. That's awesome. Supposed to. That's awesome. So you, your book is about self-help. So, and I know you work with a lot more than just the epilepsy community. You want to help everybody that's impacted by mental health. So um, for the audience who has or is dealing with depression, um, suicidal thoughts are super common, unfortunately, in our community. Um, Would they be able to pick up that book and it it would provide some type of hope for them? And what's the topic of your book? (laughs) So the topic of my book is really more about validating yourself and helping yourself like there I have a couple chapters about toxic people and the title of my book is actually you y-o-u it's because I wrote this book for you the reader so it's hard it's hard because I hit like a few different points in the book to completely explain it um, right now I'm just getting done with the proofreading part. So. Okay. Um, awesome. It's a, it's all about my life experiences from what I've already experienced in my short life. <laughs> okay. So I feel like me and you have a similar mission is just to not let your disability define you, that you can do anything you put your mind to. And like how you said, that um, you have, if it's just a dream without, you you need to set goals or it's just a dream, it'll never get accomplished. So um, I can 100% relate to that because I've been dreaming of this podcast since January of this past year. And I was super nervous and I didn't have any proper planning and I dragged my feet because I was just dreaming about it. And then finally I set a date which was my birthday in July. And that's when it, when I finally, when I just finally said, Jamie, like get it together. If it doesn't work, you, at least you say that you tried. And then honestly, like I've, 
that is, this is the biggest thing I've done in a really long time. So your advice is super helpful, especially for someone like me who <laughs> likes to procrastinate, right? So, um, so for you now that you've had, you've been living with epilepsy for, you know, a few years now, we won't go say exactly. What is your one piece, another piece, like one piece of advice that you can give to this community? Epilepsy can actually be the stem of where your confidence comes from. I mean, it might be the where your insecurities come from, but as weird as it sounds, I once had insecurities because of my epilepsy, but now I have confidence because of my epilepsy because it sets me apart from the crowd. I mean, there's only one in 26, so. Right. That's find confidence in your flaws. And that's what I did. I looked at it as a flaw for so long that I now find confidence in it. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people, I 100% agree with that. A lot of people see the diagnosis or the, the episodes as a huge burden. And yes, it's scary. We're not, we're not, we're definitely not trying to say that it's not. Um, I don't think that that part ever changes, but you shouldn't live in fear and you should do what you want to do with life. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And on that note, where can our audience find you on social media? So you can find me in a few places. <laughs> Um, on my website, epilepticmom.com, and I have an Instagram, epilepticmom, and Facebook, epilepticmom, and I was inspired to start my own podcast, thanks to Jamie. It is called Hear Me Out, and I am on Spotify, and I just actually hit Pocket Cast today. Awesome. And All right. That's every Monday. <laughs> Oh, every Monday. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for listening, you guys. As always, I would love for you to write a review for me. Um, go ahead and screenshot this and share it to your social media and tag me. It's at 1in26podcast, and I will reshare it as well as give you guys a shout out. Again, thanks so much for your support and stay tuned for next week in the 1 in 26 podcast.